0: Joined us today. Welcome to Epiphany Church in Wilmington, Delaware. My name is Pastor Derek Parks. I have the privilege of serving here as the lead pastor of this wonderful, wonderful church that God has blessed me. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you this morning. So give yourselves a hand uh, this morning. Y'all look so lovely. Happy, 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 happy Mother's Day uh, to all the women who have influence in people's lives, who have shaped and discipled and molded and helped to forge folks into the character of Christ. So, uh, we're thankful that you joined us today. Um, so we want to say Happy Mother's Day to you all. And we're just happy in Jesus that you're here. So we're um, we're just grateful to the Lord this morning. Um, we had a, a panel discussion that was amazing. Uh, we had a few mothers just represent and talk to us about what motherhood was um, in between our services. That's why we wanted to little be behind this morning. But um, we're, we're grateful that we were able to experience that. Was anybody encouraged by that if you were here? I was encouraged by that. Uh, I'm not a mom. I'm a dad. So, (laughs) but we're just so thankful that you're here. So, um, we're in a new series, uh, in the midst of a new series titled Trust the Process. Everybody been enjoying that? Yeah. One or two people. Okay. I got to do better. than. than (laughs) So, um, praise God for you this morning and uh, we're going to jump into this this message. I got I got a semi Mother's Day sermon for you. Um but it's just tucked inside of our 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 series trust the process. So um because oftentimes people um get their Mother's Day and they preach about preach about mothers and don't preach about Jesus. Uh so we preach about Jesus here at this church. Amen. Um, mamas, we love y'all but we love Jesus more so so i, I we I weaved it in for you uh because we live woven here I, we, I weaved it in for you a little mother's Day sermon so um pray with me father thank you Lord you you deserve all of our praise god that's not just a notion or a cliche But, God, you deserve our praise and all of our adoration, God. We root and cheer for our favorite sports teams. We root and cheer for Chip and Joanna Gaines on on all those shows. And we, we root for the things that we care about, God. And we should be cheerful and joyful when it comes to Jesus. We should celebrate you with more enthusiasm than we celebrate anything else in our lives, God. More than our children, more than our our spouses, more than our jobs, more than our our possessions, God. We ought to celebrate you. So we exalt you today, God. We give you glory today, Father, with our hands uh, lifted and our our mouths filled with praise, God. We say thank you to you this morning, God. So bless us during this time, God. And, um, Lord, help us to hear from you in this preaching moment. Um may I disappear up here, God, and might you show forth your might and your glory in our lives to transform us through this word uh, that you promised would transform our hearts. So God, help us to render ourselves uh, helpless before you, not knowing anything, not claiming or holding on to anything, but allowing you, God, to reign and rule in our lives. In this Christ's name, I pray this with thanksgiving in my heart. And the whole church said, amen, amen, amen. Y'all in here this morning? All right. All right. Come on. I'm glad y'all here. I know it's raining outside and it's a little dreary but uh God's still here this morning. Amen. His spirit is still with us so we can respond to his spirit and we can celebrate the word of God. This precious word that he left for us that he has preserved for us all throughout the ages all the way till now people have tried to come against this book and throw this book in the trash but God has preserved his word until now for our edification and for our fulfillment for our enrichment and to encourage us and to shape us so we we celebrate god and his word this morning amen so we're excited about that so y'all respond this morning like y'all excited about god's word all right all right so we're going to jump into this series i got a message titled for you today as trust and believe trust and believe so have you ever trusted god for the impossible Better yet, has God ever entrusted you to do something that seemed to be impossible? So that is exactly what motherhood is. We know that motherhood is God entrusting you to provide for a life that you have no idea how to even provide for. God has entrusted you with that, and he's given you the ability to trust in him in order to raise up godly children who will walk after him and grow up to love him, even though you don't have the tools to do that. That's what motherhood is, is trusting God for the impossible. And then some of us know who have older children, sometimes it really seems like it's impossible. It seems like there's some things that aren't going to work out. It seems like there are some things that won't change. It seems like there are some things that God is not able to do. But we trust God for the impossible when it comes to our children and their lives and when it comes to everything in our lives. Amen? So look at this passage with me in Luke chapter 1, verse 39 uh, through 45 verse 39 through 45, hear these words of our father. It says, in those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, watch this, it says that the baby leaped inside of her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. What a greeting. That the Holy Spirit would enter you and that the baby would leap inside of you at the greeting. It says, verse 32, then she exclaimed with a loud cry. Somebody say loud cry. cry. Blessed are you among women and your children will be blessed. Then she asked this question that we've all asked at one point in our life. How can this happen to me? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Verse 45, she says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. So in this passage, we get to look at the life of Mary. (coughs) Excuse me. And it gives us a picture of what it means to believe the not yet in the already. See, in believing the not yet, Mary has just been told that she is going to be the mother of, the, of God's son. Now, that would have blown all of our minds if God walked up to us and told us, particularly men, if he said that to you, that you'd be the mother of God's son. But he walked up to this young teenage girl and he told her that you're going to be the mother of God's son. See, I know when you had a baby, mothers in here, that you thought it was the best thing in the world. For all intents and purposes, it was, but Mary's pregnancy was a major deal. And the reason it was a major deal was because she was pregnant by the Spirit of God. See, skeptics don't believe it, and and people often doubt it, but the word of God is true. No matter how you try to look at it or shape it or how much you scrutinize it, the word of God comes out true. So we see her asking in verse 34 because Mary is confused herself when this thing happens, and she says, how can this be? Anybody ever have a how can this be moment with God? How can I be in this accident and come out without a scratch? How can I be a single parent and come out and still get my degree with a double major? How can I be told that I would never have children and come out having a child even in my old age? How is it that I could have this diagnosis, this terminal diagnosis of cancer, but yet I stand here before you today? How can this be? See, we have these moments with God and and, and we have these moments and then what, what holds us through in these moments is what verse 37 tells us here is that the angel responded and told her for nothing is impossible with God. Anybody believe that in here today? Just put your hands together to know that nothing is impossible with God. But here it is. Here is where the rubber meets the road for us on Mother's Day. Listen to the words of the mother of our Lord. She says, watch this. She says this in verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. See, many of us live our lives trying to manipulate the word to suit our circumstances. See, many of us try to manipulate the word to make it do what we want it to do, but Mary here is an example for us, and she's saying, let it be done to me exactly as your word says. Do I have any according to your word believers in here today? Anybody who's just trusting in the word of God, regardless of what it might look like on your job, regardless of what it might look like in your marriage as it's falling apart, regardless of what it might look like in your relationships, you have a, whatever the word says in your spirit, and see, I, I want us to note here, I want us to see that on this, on this Mother's Day, Mary here has found herself in an uncomfortable position. See, believing in the word might cause you to be ridiculed and humili, humiliated at times. Let's take a look at the circumstances of Mary's pregnancy. She was getting ready to be an unwed mother. In that culture, that was a scandalous proposition. I know it seems like a badge of honor in our culture where we got professional side pieces and all that other stuff. And I was in I was in the mall the other night and the girl was on the phone with, with, with her with her baby daddy and saying, how come you ain't call your baby mama? I'm your best baby mama. I'm the best one you got. And I'm like, wow, like you bragging about being the best baby mama. Like that's different. But in that culture, that would have been a societal death sentence for her. See, she was walking around as an unwed mother and in a culture that was scandalous. And not only that, when she told people who the daddy was, they laughed at her like she was on an episode of Maury. He ain't the father. And as she ran away, broken, hurt, confused, she was wondering, did God really say what I think he said to me? And so, I want you to watch this. As Mary is getting ready to bring forth this baby boy, no miracles would happen. So, you would think after nine months of of carrying this child and nine months of, of laboring with this child, that there would be some miracles that happened. But no miracles were performed. Nothing happened. So we want to see here, I want you to see here that sometimes you're looking at the promises of God and all you see is pain. See, at times you're looking for God's fulfillment in your life, but all you see is frustration. And so she would raise this baby boy and she would raise him with the help of a man who would receive ridicule and despair his whole life, for sticking with this girl who said that she was pregnant by God when people didn't even believe that she was pregnant by God. But he stuck with her. Ladies, find you a man who's more interested in what God has placed inside of you and less interested in what he can place inside of you. So, so she would raise this boy and watch him become a man with little to no result of what God said would occur yet she trusted and believed. It would be 30 years before Mary would see the start of Jesus's ministry. 30 years. But yet she trusted and believed all those years. So let's zoom lens back to the moment when Mary first heard from God and we see her needing to be around others who have been touched by God. See, if you're going to accomplish what God has called you to, then you need to be around the people of God. Let me just make that clear. So you need to, if, if you're going to trust and believe, guess what? You need to be around other believers. See, it just makes sense that if you're going to believe in the in the things that God has said, if you're going to believe in the promises of God, then you need to be around other folks who are believing the same thing. That way, when you get in the midst of a difficult spot and you find yourself unable to believe, you've got other believers rallied around you who can say, no, no, hold on, just believe. So you, you need to be around other believers, and whether you know it or not, You need to be around people who remind you of the miracle in your life, even when you're unable to see the miracle in your life. See, some of us are oftentimes getting confused about what God is doing in our lives and we can't see the miracles that are happening in our lives. And the greatest miracle to happen in your life is that God saved you from your sin, that He rescued you from darkness, that He put you up out of the muck and the mire of your sin and He placed your feet on solid ground. That's the greatest miracle to ever happen in your life. But as we walk around, we get to see when we, when we get to tough spots, we need people to remind us of the miracles that God is doing in our lives. So, here we see Mary. Scripture says that she set herself out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah to go see her cousin Elizabeth. Now, she makes her way out there and this word set out, it means that she you rise up or stand up from lying down. In other words, when you receive a word from the Lord, you better stand up and rise to the occasion. Don't lay down on what God has spoken in your life. Listen, this word can also mean to cause something to be born, and there are some things that God wants to birth inside of you, and it only happens through obedience to his word. See, it only gets birthed when you trust and believe, that the, the, the things that God is saying to you oftentimes don't happen if you aren't trusting and believing in God at his word. So I'll take you a step farther uh, that this word can mean to, to rise up from the dead. See, God may want to use you to give life to some dead things around you. So much of our culture is dying. Marriages are dying. Because of the licentious nature of our culture, anything goes. People don't believe marriage is valuable anymore. People don't think marriage is worth anything. They think it's doing too much. But God may want to use you and your marriage to revive the deadness of marriage in our culture to point people to the reality and the beauty of what God designed marriage to be. Babies are dying at the hands of murderous clinics right here in our own city. Ethics and morals are dying because of the relativistic mentalities that state that everything is right. See, there are things that are dying, and God is calling us to believe in his word so that we might one day raise up things that are dying in our culture and in our world. Don't turn your back on the thing that God has spoken to you, but trust and believe. Don't get what I'm driving out here? See, this passage says that she set out, and when when the passage says she set out, it means that she continued on the journey on which she had entered. So God, in other words, God is calling us to stay the course. See, God is calling you to pursue the journey that you first embarked upon and stay the course. We can't get thrown off because of the things that surround us and the things are near, that are nearby us that are trying to distract us. We have to stay the course that God has called us to. And as we're trusting the process of God sanctifying us and shaping us into what he's calling us to be, we have to stay on journey. You see, the passage she, is that she hurried. But it, what it meant to say, is that she went, she set out with earnestness. See, she set out with diligence and care to the thing that God had spoken to her. See, most of us are expecting to see it happen in a hurry, but God is saying, travel to the hill country and climb up all those hills pregnant with the thing that I've impregnated you with. See, we look for stuff to happen in, in, in 90 minutes. We, 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 we treat the things of God like they're a Netflix special. And oftentimes we think we can Netflix and chill on God when he's called us to something and we could just sit back and relax. And the thing is going to happen when God is saying, no, I need you to climb up some hills to get to the place that I'm calling you to. And see, look at this passage. We, we love to take the context out of the text but it is vital for us to see that Mary was traveling to the hill country while she was pregnant. Imagine her being pregnant, breathing heavy. I was supposed to back off of that one. <laughs> y'all know, y'all pregnant folk, y'all know. You're Breathing heavy. Can't sit down good because your is being taken up by somebody else. But imagine her climbing up this hill pregnant to go see her relative. Notice that she didn't allow difficulty to stop her from being in community with fellow believers who had been touched by God. So the matter was going on in your life. Listen to me. It doesn't it doesn't preclude you from from community. In fact, you can't stop being around believers just because you're going through. In fact, you need to be around believers because you're going through. Oftentimes we look and say, No, I I just can't because I'm going through too much. No, you can't afford not to because you're going through too much. And so imagine her climbing up these hills and enduring difficulty because she trusted and believed that what God said would come to pass. She believed in the in the not yet, in the already. And here's what the already looks like. Mary. And I'm almost I'm almost there. I'm halfway there. Mary arrived to her relative Elizabeth's house and greeted her. When Mary greeted her, the passage says that the baby leaped inside of Elizabeth and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when you believe in the not yet, in the already, You believe that God has already supplied you with what you need to accomplish what he has called you to do. So when you're believing the already in the midst of the not yet, you can stand firm knowing that God has given you what you need in order to get you to the place where he's telling you that he wants you to go we don't got to freak out and, and go crazy every time a, a, a situation comes up because we know that god has supplied us he's filled us with what we need and guess what you need the thing you need most is the holy spirit of god See, you need the spirit of god more than anything that you need in your life if you don't have the spirit of god working and moving on the inside of you you might as well hang that thing up and put it away somewhere because you need the spirit of god Then it says that she exclaimed with a loud voice, thank you, blessed are you among women. The pastor says that when the Holy Spirit filled her, she cried out. And see, let me parenthetically pause and say that if the Holy Spirit is in you, that means that you should be able to cry out before God. It shouldn't matter what's happening in your life. You should be able to cry out and bless God. It doesn't matter what's happening to you right now. If you've got the Holy Spirit of God, you should be able to cry out and bless God regardless of what's happening in your life. And this word for blessed in the original language is where we get the word eulogy from. See, a eulogy is a speech that's given at a funeral in order to celebrate the or or praise a person's life. So in the midst of death, there is celebration. See your already might look like death, but trust and believe the not yet. Your 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 right now might look like is 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 heading towards death, but you have to celebrate the already in the not yet. See, the way to be blessed, watch this, the way to be blessed is to believe. She says, blessed are you for you have believed. See, ladies, I know the culture has told you that your blessing is in your beauty. But God says that your blessing is not in in the magnitude of your beauty, but your blessing is in the magnitude of your belief. See, don't believe the lie that says you need to be more beautiful in order to be more blessed. That's a lie. God says you are blessed if you believe. And the thing that will distinguish you from other women is not your accomplishments. The thing that will distinguish you from other women is your ability to believe God for the not yet when you already looks like difficulty, disappointment, and disgrace. See, when you believe what God has said about you over against what the world has said about you, that is the way to be blessed. See, when you believe the things that God has spoken over you, over the things that your parents might have spoken over you, that is the way to be blessed. See, you've got to believe what God says about you. You know what he says about you? He says that you're his. You belong to him. If you're in Christ, you belong to God. And so Elizabeth asks, How can this happen to me? Look at her. She's asking the same question that Mary asked earlier in the passage How can this happen to me? But yet we see Elizabeth asking the question after her encounter with God with a different connotation. See, much of what happens to you in your life is a result of how you decide to interpret your circumstance. If you're always offended, it's because you choose to see offense. Hello. If you always feel disrespected, it's because you choose to see disrespect. See, look at this word, this word for how it it, it asks the question of what source or what origin. So it asks the question from what author or giver has this come from? In other words, who told you that you weren't worthy of God's love? Who told you that you weren't qualified enough to do what God called you to do? Who told you what author did you get that from? Because if you're looking at the author and source of everything who is God, he has told you that you can do anything in him. So when we figure out the, our true source, and when we figure out the source of our circumstances, guess what we can choose? We can choose joy. See, when you realize that the source of, of, of the situations happening in your life is God, and he's trying to shape you and mold you and form you into something that he desires for you to be, I know it looks difficult and it looks tough, and you're feeling disgrace, and you're feeling anxious, and you're feeling nervous, but God is at the source of that, and he's the one controlling everything in your life. Therefore, you can choose joy even in the midst of difficulty. That's what trusting the process looks like you trust that God has a plan for your life that he who started a good thing in you will complete it until the day of Christ so it says when the sound of the of, of your voice reached my ears the baby leaped for joy inside of me see when the sound of Mary's greeting reached Elizabeth's ears the baby leaped so the the, the kind of noise you listen to watch this has an effect on the thing that god has placed inside of you that's why you can't just allow any type of negativity and all types of voices to be in your space when you're trying to pursue after what god has called you to see you you've got to dampen the the negativity around you by choosing to do as philippians says to think whatsoever is lovely whatsoever is just whatsoever is of good report. think on these things when you listen to discouragement and hate, it has an effect on the thing inside of you. The word The word reach can mean to become or to be married to something. So your ability to believe the not yet is robbed when you become married to the negativity that people speak over your life. Imagine by this time that Mary has already begun to be ridiculed for her story. She's already been called names. Slut. Little hoe. Little floozy. That's what they used to say when I was coming Little floozy. Jezebel. Imagine if she had have allowed herself to be married to that noise. She would have never believed and her joy would have been robbed. And see, this joy is an extreme joy or an exceeding joy that the baby leaped with. So even in difficulty and despair, the disposition that you have can still be pleasant. How do I do that? The sound of her greeting caused the baby to leap for joy. So your belief in what God has placed in you ought to resonate with what God has placed in others. See, believers know believers when they see them. That doesn't happen if you're always bemoaning the not yet instead of believing the already. Don't bemoan the not yet, but believe the not yet in the midst of the already. So here's the crux of the sermon. Elizabeth says to Mary, blessed is she who has believed. That the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. Let me parenthetically say make sure you have people in your life that pour into you like this. Make sure you've got people in your life who who say, blessed are you for your belief. Just keep on believing. Don't doubt. Just keep on trusting in God. Don't doubt. Just keep on believing in what God has said to you. Don't fall into doubt and despair, but keep on believing what God is saying. I know what your, co- your your boss said. He was tripping. Don't worry about that, but keep on believing what God has said about you. I know what the professor said. She said that you that you'd never be nothing. You weren't smart enough, but but just believe what God has said about you. I know what your mama might have said to you when you was growing up that you you and have everything you just like your daddy and all this other stuff but just keep believing what god has said to you you need people in your life who will speak truth over your life and who will speak blessing over your life and who will tell you the things that god has said about you and not the things that the devil and the world has to say about you this word for blessed here is a different word i love this it's a different word than the previous word used for blessed here in this passage. See the word for blessed earlier in the passage was a word that meant was the word where we get the the English word eulogize, which means to pronounce blessing over celebrate. But this word for blessed is a word that means to make fortunate, well off and happy. See, when you believe what God has said, you are fortunate, happy and well off. See, when you believe the things of God, When you believe and trust in the things that God has says, you are a fortunate person and you're happy and you're well off. You don't need to hit the lottery because you believe in what God has said over your life. You don't need to have a seven-figure job. It would be nice, but you don't need to have that because you're blessed and fortunate because you believe in what God has said over your life. In fact, you don't need that husband that you're looking for right in this moment because you're fortunate and blessed because you believe that God will take care of you better than any any husband can take care of you, and even though you're in the midst of something that you feel like you can't escape from, if you believe in what God has said, you are fortunate, well off, and happy. She said, "Blesses is who believe who is persuaded, in other words. The one who is convinced, the one who's committed to the fact that God will fulfill what he has spoken. See, God will accomplish that which he has spoken over you. His word means that he will fulfill it or he will perfect it. God is up to something in your life that you cannot understand until you get to the end of that thing. See, there were some things that God was working out in my life that I just knew I knew the answer to, and I just knew that if God would just do it like this, it'd be better. I don't know why he planned and doing stuff like this. If he would just work it my way, because, you know, I'm sovereign and all that. I know more than he does. If he would just do it how I think it should do it, everything would work out. But what I found out was that God had a better plan for me, and if I had to went the way that I was trying to go, I would have ended up in a mess that I couldn't undo myself up out of. But God is able to work and fulfill an accomplish in your life if you just believe in him. Somebody say, trust and believe. Trust and believe in what God has spoken in your life. That word means to declare. God has declared some things in you that nothing and no one can take away from you. Who can pluck you from his hand? Who can take you from the hand of the Lord? If you are in his hand, you are secure. There is nothing that can remove you from His hand. Stop believing in what the world is screaming at you. Stop believing in what your family members are telling you. Stop believing in what your coworkers are telling you. But trust and believe that what God has declared over your life, He will accomplish and He will fulfill it and it is true and it is powerful and it will stand until the very end in Christ. close with this. C. S. Lewis in his classic, A Grief Observed says this. He says, you will never know how much you really believe anything until its truth or falsehood becomes a matter of life and death. See, it's easy to believe that a rope is strong As long as it's just merely holding a box. So you believe that's strong. But suppose you had to hang from that rope over a precipice to make your way down the mountain. Wouldn't you first discover how much you really trusted in that rope? You'd be pulling on that rope, trying to manipulate the rope to make sure it was strong well listen to this mothers, fathers people without kids, people that don't want kids you will never know how much you believe in God until you really put him to the test the psalmist said taste and see that the Lord is good it could really be translated do a taste test and see that the Lord is good. See, there are some things in your life that God is saying, go ahead and taste it. Go and test the thing and see that I'm good. See, you're going to taste some things in this life that you think are good, but they're really bitter and sour and rotten. But God is saying, taste and see that my ways are good, that my thoughts are not your thoughts, that my ways are not your ways, that my ways are higher and better than your ways. Just taste and see. We've got to taste and see in the process of sanctification that our God is good and that he has our best interest in mind and in heart. Church, trust and believe. Form what he set out to be. Maybe you're here and you don't trust and believe in the Savior. Maybe you're here and you don't even know what we're talking about. But some three thousand years, some two thousand years ago, our Savior came to the earth. Born, lived the perfect life. Went to a cross for us. A cross that we should have went to because of our sin. Our sin that was great because it offended a holy God. It don't matter if you got little sins, what you think are little sins, it doesn't matter if your sins are big. Your sins are all the same size when they're matched up against the holiness of God. And so, because of that. He sent his son into the world to die in our place, to pay the penalty for sin that we should have paid. And the ironic thing is that we would have never been able to pay it because our sin He went to the cross so that we might have a relationship with God. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to live a life that's full and complete if you just trust your truth is the only truth that matters that you can just live how you want to Says if you drink from the water that I can will never be thirsty again. Won't you take a drink from the fountain that never went to? Father, I pray for those in the sound of our voice that don't know you today. victory.